three, four hundred pounds a day. And that's that's just a day. That's not me going partying. That's not me having a good time. That's not me sharing with friends. That is just baseline. Um, and then I I got out of that. I got out of that job. I decided to. I thought I'd had my rock bottom. I thought I hit my rock bottom. Um, I wrote my mum this long letter telling her about what I was doing. I didn't mention the drugs because I didn't know there was a problem. I just thought my lifestyle was a problem. So I wrote her this letter explaining what I'd done, begging her to help me and buy me out of this club because I had to be brought out. Um, and she was heartbroken. I've Still to this day, I've never seen heartbreak like it. She projects how vomited. She was disgusted in me. And I thought that was going to be my change. But what I didn't realise was I thought it was me that was the problem. I didn't realise I had a drug problem. I didn't realise I had a drink problem. So I changed my life and got this... Welcome to the show, Chloe. Thank you for having me. Now, where is that lovely accent? Um, I'm from England. Okay, born and raised? Born and raised in England. So you're the third person that's been on here that's born and raised in England. Um, one lives in Scotland now. The other one lives around London. And I'm close-ish to London. I'm close-ish. Okay. Yeah, you pr- you might even follow that. She has like 60,000 Instagram followers. Abby something. Um, ABI. <laughs> but she always I- posts funny videos. I'll send you her page. She's really funny. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. So what's your sober date? Well, so I'm actually 91 days today, whatever that date is. Um, I had three years my first time round, and then I personally, I don't think you're a proper addict until you've relapsed because I had to go and try it all. So. Yep. I've been there myself with drinking where when I relapsed, it was with drinking and not my drug of choice. And then I ended up getting sober from drinking as well. So I can definitely relate. So let's start all the way back. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay. And when did you first get into drinking or using? How old were you? Um, it's really difficult. I would, I was allowed to drink from the age of 12. My dad is in active addiction. So I, it was just there for me. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a taboo subject. It wasn't like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. I was allowed to. Yeah, and, and plus in England too, you're you're already allowed to drink at a younger age. Like it's way more acceptable than say in the States yeah. where I was sneaking it at twelve and not like hanging out. So I can see how you would fall easily into that then. Yeah. And it's just over here it's really I was I always tried to be popular because my dad would buy the alcohol for everybody. I had the parent that was like the cool parent. Um, so it just kind of came into a culture of that sort of going out on a Friday night. And that's how it started. I was, I was really young, but it was that going out on a Friday night. And the progression for me was, I I look back now and I can see the progression. But at the time, I was always like, oh, I'm not going to get into hard drugs or I'm not going to get into this or I draw the line at this. And then you look back and actually, yeah, I was drinking using every single day, every single morning, every single. And it's just, it's crazy to look back on. So when, what did you, obviously you started with drinking. How long before you found drugs? I, I dabbled with cannabis um, here and there when I was about the same age. Um, my, my dad was a smoker. It wasn't like a big taboo thing. 
Um, I dabbled with smoking, but I never enjoyed it. All my friends enjoyed it, and I did it to be part of the crowd, but I just couldn't handle it. It's just one thing I can't handle. Um, and then when I got to about 15, I, I think I was 15 when I first discovered cocaine. Um, and once I, once I started doing that, there was no going back. There was absolutely no going back. So that was one of your drugs of choice then was cocaine? Yeah, yeah. Heavily, I was, I, well, I, one of my drugs of choice, it was cocaine. Um, as I got a bit older, I realised that I could play the doctors for all they were worth. Um, so all the prescription pills started coming in. And basically my daily intake was um, spirits, whiskey. I had to have whiskey every day. I had to have cocaine every day. And I had to have my magic pills from the doctors every day. Um, I would have said my drug of choice was cocaine. And then it only took, I was nearly three years clean. Um, and then I relapsed. I relapsed actually on prescription pills first. And that led me into a mental relapse. And before you know it, I was on crack and heroin because I hadn't tried those drugs. So I thought, oh, they'd be safe. Like, Yeah, I can definitely see how how one would lead to the other, especially if you have that mental <clears throat> that mental thing of like, oh my God, this is a relapse. Yeah. Once you convince yourself you're in the relapse, then it's like, oh well, what did I hear about before that I want to try now? Exactly that. That was that was what it was for me. I started um I'd 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 been completely teetotal for nearly three years and then I was really stressed at work. I was letting stuff get to me. I wasn't doing what keeps me sober. Um and I started taking Xanax because to me, I thought, well, I could get prescribed Xanax if I wanted to. So therefore, it's not a relapse. Although mentally, I'd already relapsed by this point because I'd accepted that game. Um, and then once I started taking Xanax, I was blacking out left, right and centre. I was waking up the next day and my car was absolutely fucked. And I was like, what? And so by that point, all my defences were down. And then I was just, I was around people that were using and I thought, why the fuck not? And so people don't realize how easy it is to, once you get into that mindset of like, I always say Xanax gives you the fuck it. Yeah, it does. It completely does. Because I've never, I was so proud of my previous sobriety and my like, how hard I'd worked and I've not gone near anything. And Xanax literally took, took like it literally took the carpet from under my feet. I would always have said, no, I won't go near heroin. I won't go near crack. But then they were the two that I dove straight into because I've taken Xanax and I just literally thought, fuck it all. Yeah. And did you steal on Xanax? I will. I can't remember a hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? I just became a person, the person that I'd worked so hard not to be, I became everything, the opposite of all the morals that I'd built up. Yeah, no. And that's, and that's what happens. Like, I remember I stole a bunch of jewelry one time when I was house sitting for somebody, but I don't remember it. I don't remember doing it. I don't remember selling the jewelry. I don't remember the car crash that happened subsequently when I was leaving. All of it is just a complete blank because I was eating like 10 a day. Like, yeah. And it's just, I really did think, I remember when I was taking them and I really did think I'd got down to my last bar. They came in little bars over here. And I thought I'll snap it in half. So I've got half for later. And I really thought I needed it to function. But from an outside looking in, I was like a little tornado going round. I was, but I really thought I was functioning well. 
and then I was crashing my car I was just stealing lying cheating and I was an absolute mess and I didn't realize I thought I was on my a game I really did think Xanax has solved all my problems but it turns out actually it just stopped me from realizing any problems that's all it did so before your relapse were you always posting on TikTok yeah yeah so I have my TikTok account um I've had my TikTok probably about a year I would say maybe about a year I came across recovery TikTok and I thought wow these are people that that get it because previous to that um I became sober and clean same thing um through AA Alcoholics Anonymous um and they are very over here anyways they are very strict on you only talk about alcohol you only talk about and for me I am an alcoholic alcoholic I am I'm an addict that encompasses everything anything you let me abuse like let me near I will abuse yep um so I was struggling in AA and then I found this TikTok recovery and all these people that just got it just really really got it and I could say what I wanted to say without thinking oh shit have I upset someone um I was definitely like you I was upsetting people in meetings I mentioned about drugs and you're like you you'd think I was kicking babies around like honestly like yeah and and the worst part is like your stories don't make sense you know what I mean like I was driving two hours each way to get my pills yeah and that would never sound right if I was like I had to drive two hours to go buy alcohol because I couldn't find alcohol within two hours of me yeah I didn't wait all up all night do you know what I mean for the off license to open I waited up all night for a dealer to turn up at my house like and it's just, um, but we it had did, different I, I ones. Had, did you have different it, dealers for different times of the day? Oh yeah. I mean, I, what, what I ended up doing was befriending all of mine. So that, well, I thought I was befriending them. Looking back, they used me as much as I used them, but yeah. I surrounded myself. My whole friendship circle, friendship circle was just dealers because if I was in the middle of the pot, I was okay. Um, but yeah, I have to give AA credit for what it's due. Like it did, it got me clean, it got me sober, it got me knowledgeable about that you can live sober because I, I didn't think it was possible. I did not think it was possible to cope um, day to day with without alcohol and drugs. So it well, did. I, I could um, see for me is I got sober first in California where you yeah. can talk about drugs and AA meeting. They don't care. They're just happy you're there. And yeah. then I came to conservative PA and where they're like against everything like that, you you can't talk. So it's funny because like I've been in AA in a liberal area and AA yeah. conservative. And one of them, you know, it made me believe that I was relapsing anyway. So I drank. Yeah. I drank yeah. over it. And I think that as well can be a real danger to people. Um, that's why I post so much on social media about your recovery is your recovery. It is down to nobody else to tell you what is wrong and what is right. Uh, for example, I now, this time round, I drink non-alcoholic beer. Whereas previously, I had been, it had been drilled into my head. If I went near an NA beer, I'm, I'm on my way to relapse. Whereas now, I actually, I personally, for me, I enjoy, if I'm socialising with people and they've all got their normal beer, I like an NA beer. I, it doesn't, it doesn't, put me on a teeter it doesn't make me think oh shit I want to get drunk it doesn't do that for me I'm lucky that it, it just doesn't but everybody is individual and everybody's recovery has to be individual there's no one size fits all there's no I do this yeah and you. the more we talk about our stories the more it normalizes if people that 
or maybe relapse. It's important for people to see that you would post when you had two years. Yeah. That that post is just as important of you posting. I have 91 days. Yeah. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are looking for therapy and not able to get something right away locally, you can do that with them. Within 48 hours, you can find a therapist to get on telehealth with you. I mean, it's I haven't heard anything but great things from people that have already done it that watch my show or listen to my show. If you're looking to get 10% off your first month, you can go to betterhelp.com backslash MJ's MCA. That is betterhelp.com slash MJ's MCA. Yeah, and that was a big thing for me because when I relapsed, I was really ashamed. I was so, so ashamed. And I posted that I'd relapsed I online. Um, I was in relapse for about a month, maybe. I, to be honest with you, I thought it was 10 days, but it turns out it was a hell of a lot more than 10 days. I was saying 10 days to everyone, and they were like, Chloe, you've been gone over a month, hun. But that's that. But I decided to go public with it because I thought if this can help one other person, if this can just show you that actually I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to hold my hands up and say, girl fucked up, girl fucked up badly. But I survived. And I'm now, this, I think this has given me the the fight I needed I'd lost my fight and I kind of forgot what I was up against for a bit I, I I just I slept on my recovery that's what I did I just and this is the sort of thing that it takes people out and relapse takes people out for that exact reason people are too ashamed to come back people are too ashamed to say yeah. oh I did that I took a break from social media for like six months where yeah. I didn't post about my recovery for six months and I had a lot of people come up to me like, hey, are you are you OK? Yeah. And it wasn't that I was in a relapse and it wasn't that I was even in a mental relapse was I just needed a break from social media. Yeah. I need because it, it gets especially that TikTok that TikTok knows that algorithm and they're going to yeah. show you things that like I was just like I got back into therapy in the last six months. Yeah. I got back into doing my show eventually, but still I had to do it on my own time. I couldn't yeah. rush back into it because when you're this much of an open book, sometimes it's good to have those breaks. And I think people expect a lot of you. Recently, I've um, I've had some family issues and as an, as an addict, obviously, I lied to my family left, right and centre. I did. I, ooh, I hold my hands up to that. Um, but I've recently had some family issues going on and my sister well she's my half sister but had created this page on TikTok to like bring me down saying that I was lying I wasn't an addict I've never done drugs and I was like um and I had to deal with all this backlash suddenly and so far over the years that I've been posted on TikTok I hadn't really had much negative come at me so it took me it did it it, it like it surprised me a bit because people were like, oh, you're fucking la, 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 just being really nasty. And I had to be like, is this something that I can handle right now? Because I can't pour from an empty cup. I, I can't I can't do that. Um, But actually, you know what? Props to the recovery community again, because they had me through that. They were all like, well, we all know Chloe. Like we go to meetings with her. We did la, la, la. She's reached out to me here. She's done this. We know we're all addicts. We understand each other. It's the normal He's yeah. over there that have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's funny too because I've had like you know my parents like, are you 
that this is for real yeah and i'm like well and it's be, it's a sense of deniability when they don't know the truth they don't want to know the truth they don't want to believe yeah. the truth i think that's what it comes down to isn't it people think they don't want i think as much as i hurt i have to take responsibility for the hurt i caused others and sometimes that's actually in recovery because my family didn't realize how bad i was they didn't realize that i was out doing these things and that hurts them so I have to now take responsibility for the fact that I'm hurting people with my recovery now because I'm I've chosen to be honest and I chose I choose to share on a very big platform and I choose to share very very openly, and that can cause some damage along the way, but it can also save lives. Yeah, and it's damage that it's almost like ripping a bandaid off sometimes when yeah. you're telling an old story. It's you're putting it out there because you're taking the power away. If you don't yeah. sometimes tell a story that you have in your head it then takes over yeah and then you start we're addicts we obsess over everything whether it's watching a tv show obsessively or whether it's doing drugs obsessively our brains like i was just diagnosed with ocd yeah and it's not like i have to it's not like i have to clean everything it's not like that at all my ocd is about numbers yeah and I obsess over numbers. Yeah. And I've said since I was a kid that, you know, people lied, numbers don't. Like, that's just mm-hmm. something I've always said. And the same goes for when I post a TikTok. I'm like, oh, shit, look at the, the numbers. It's always about numbers. Yeah. To me. And to the point where it was keeping me up with insomnia. They had to yeah. put me on an OCD med so that I didn't obsess Cause like yeah. I was that guy where I was going to see my dealer and I'm like, I'll be there in 13 minutes. And mm-hmm. I would literally be there in 13 minutes on the dot. Like yeah. the GPS would be like my enemy. If I was driving anywhere, the GPS, you will arrive in two hours and one minute. Like, bitch, I'm going to get there in a minute 54. <laughs> and that, you know what I mean? Like I obsessed over everything and I didn't even realize that OCD was something that like, I had. It is like it's really funny isn't it how many people I meet in addiction well in recovery and we've all got very very similar like diagnoses and things like that like my OCD I I remember once when I was little my friend gave me a sweet and she said don't have one she said because one will get lonely have two right and that's stuck in this brain of mine <laughs> into I mean I would eat peas I I still try not to I do try not to but I can still eat peas and I count them because I have to have an even number I've been through a lot of therapy for it because it's bad but it is that addictive it's that obsessive controlling you know what it is it's more we're obsessed with more of whatever whatever's making me feel good in that moment I need the most of it oh I'm awful for it I'm awful for it and it's my and I can see my now now I'm working on myself I can see this in all ways all shapes and forms of my life whereas previously I would have been like oh I've just got a bit of an addictive personality but no I'm obsessive I'm obsessive about more yeah and I and I'm the person that like watches Bob's Burgers every day you know what I mean like I watch the same things every yeah. day it's my comfort and then and then TikTok will be like, hey, you're autistic. They shut up TikTok. No, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> it's funny. I work in mental health, actually. And um, so many of like the people I support and the people I work with, I'm like, uh, I could I could have that diagnosis too. Or, oh, I, can see, I can see my traits in everything. 
and it's only through being able to now take a step back. Well, that I was just going to say, it's because you're working on yourself. You, Whenever yeah. you're working on yourself, you start looking to see yourself in everyone. You want to, yeah. and because we're addicts, we're like just natural empaths. Yeah. So, and if we don't understand somebody, we don't question them. We're just, we get curious about where their morals are, how they got their moral. Yeah. We obsess over, we obsess, there it is again. <laughs> Two peas in the pod, liter- literally yeah. two peas in the pod, Chloe. I get it. Like, and it has to be two. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. It has to be. I have to. And the thing is, I'm very, I'm, I like to learn. I like to, and that does come from my addiction because I need to be knowledgeable about stuff. I need Did you to look be, up pills before you did them too? Like on oh, Pill Finder? Oh, oh, I'm awful. And now I, now I administer medication. So I, I could tell you off the back of my hand, you mentioned a medication. I'm like, this are the side effects. This is this, this is this. And I'm just, and everyone's like, why have you got that much knowledge? And I'm thinking, well, because I was actually racking up prescriptions like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> no, yeah, and I've been there because I, I have a psychiatrist and I have a therapist. Yeah, but, same here. And the psychiatrist for years I lied to because I was afraid to be put on medicine. Yeah. I was afraid of, like, I studied psych in college a little bit, and I was afraid to be open with my psychiatrist and afraid they're going to give me a gauntlet. Yeah. If they knew what was going on, <laughs> if only. But it, it's that sort of, the fear of the unknown, especially with addicts, because I was taking so many things that I thought were controlling. Like, I thought that was helping something. I would give you, a, I could give you a reason for every drug I took. There was, there's no, there's no, like, reason for it. But I, I could have given you a reason for everything yeah. I took. And when I got sober and made the decision I made that very unwise decision I would never advise anyone to do it but I came off all my medication as well because I needed to see what was actually Chloe and what was actually side effects of staying up for days side effects of drinking on this on that and um and I do now I am now just on antidepressants anti-anxiety medication and I do sometimes take sleeping medication and that is all prescribed by my doctor yeah and that had to be really really worked through I've had to get to a point where we have to be honest about it. Yeah. You, you have to know, like, I'm on a bunch of different things, too. And uh, I actually, I questioned my, my second, I'm like, are we treating me for bipolar? Like, is yeah. that what we're treating? Um, and it's such a spectrum, right? Bipolar yeah. is such a spectrum. Yeah. Um, and even between one and two, but just if you're both two or both one, it's such a spectrum yeah. of it. And, you know, I, I have sleep meds because I, like, this past April, like, when I yeah. say that, like, my sleep was so messed up, I slept, I was awake for 11 days straight, and then they tried me on Ambien, and I slept for five hours, and that was it, and then I was awake okay. for, like, another nine days. Um, They finally figured it out, but it, yeah. it took a lot of trial and error of trying yeah. new things and figuring out what's what, because everybody has different, like, I was engaged with somebody who was bipolar schizophrenic. Yeah, And we were together for three years, and every day was something different. Every yeah. day was a new struggle. And she yeah. eventually took her life, and yeah. it just got, <laughs> it just, thank you. It got too much. That was seven years ago. But yeah. I, I spun out on my drinking after that happened. She was also an yeah. alcoholic. And yeah. when I say an alcoholic, I mean a true, like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm a drug addict alcoholic. Yeah. She was just an alcoholic you know bottle or two of wine every night you know get the big five dollar barrels 
Well, we don't have those over here, but. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have they have one giant. Alcoholic. It's that progression. For me, it was progression because I was an alcoholic. I had to have a litre of whiskey. I would wake up and have whiskey. What I would kind wake of whiskey? Up. I mean, I like single malt whiskey. But saying that, I went through a stage of. I thought that. I was pretentious. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I thought I was better than because I was drinking expensive whiskey. I couldn't afford my lifestyle. I could never afford my lifestyle. But I did go through a very, very strong phase of. I sold all my morals for drugs and alcohol. I did. I, I was naturally very intelligent. I did my AS levels in psychology, sociology, and then I realised that I thought I was having a good time. Looking back on it now, I was already an addict. Um, and I could get away with doing loads of drugs and loads of alcohol if I became a stripper. So that's what I did. That's what I did. And I've been brought up in a very, very good moral family that like that was a no, 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 no. But I did that anyways, because for me, I thought I was having a good time. I wasn't. I was feeding my addict. Um, so I could afford all this expensive alcohol. I could afford it. You were it. doing coke at the time, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And coke is not coke. And plus. You're in you're in England. It's not like you're in America where we have a surplus of cocaine because it's coming yeah. straight up. You're you that's expensive. That's an expensive habit in England, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's an expensive one to do. Um, isn't it? Is that what is that how you say? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Hey, I I that and I got process. Yeah. Whenever someone says because they we say process. Process. And and yeah and isn't it so. Yeah, you had to feed that lifestyle because yeah. how much were you spending every day? I mean, On I average. was spending at least, at least three, four hundred pounds a day. And that's that's just a day. That's not me going partying. That's not me having a good time. That's not me sharing with friends. That is just baseline. Um, And then I, I got out of that. I got out of that job. I decided to I thought I'd had my rock bottom. I thought I hit my rock bottom. Um. I wrote my mum this long letter telling her about what I was doing. I didn't mention the drugs because I didn't know there was a problem. I just thought my lifestyle was a problem. So I wrote her this letter explaining what I'd done, begging her to help me and buy me out of this club because I had to be brought out. Um, and she was heartbroken. I've Still to this day, I've never seen heartbreak like it. She projectile vomited. She was disgusted in me. And I thought that was going to be my change. But what I didn't realise was... I thought it was me that was the problem. I didn't realize I had a drug problem. I didn't realize I had a drink problem. So I changed my life and got this good job and I trained up in this job and I was doing really well. I was still doing the drugs and the drinking, but I was now doing it on a salary that I couldn't afford to do it on. So that then threw me into deeper water because I had to start getting involved with more dangerous crowds of people. I had to start doing things that were really questionable for my drugs. I was selling things, I was stealing things, I was lying, I was, you name it, I was doing it. Um, and I still didn't think I had a problem. I didn't realize I had a problem because I had a full-time job because I was really, really good at my job and I kept getting promoted. I, I had this outside life that I thought people looking in thought, yeah, she's doing really well. Um, and it wasn't until looking back now, I think that was a shit show. Do you have brothers or sisters? Um, no, so I'm my mum's only child. My, my dad has another daughter. Um, she's younger than me. 
I've never been close to her. I've never really. I um I spent some time with her a couple of years ago, about four or five years ago, and she was was a heavy cannabis smoker. Um, and I can't handle it. I how I don't get me wrong. I smoked it every day. Cannot handle it, however. Um, so she be smoking 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 and up again to oh, try a line of this try a line of this and I did I got her to I did I'm not proud of it but it is now I admit that I hold my hands up and say well don't get me wrong she'd done it with her friends before but I was very much like oh you've got to do this all the time you're around me this is what we need to do um I was an awful influence I, I admit that um but yeah me and her have never been close we're completely different people we're completely different and we're both honest, from the same addict dad though right yeah yeah we both come from the same addict we've got very different behaviors and we've got very different we clash a lot now like now we don't we're not on talking terms after the whole recent things but I'm ready to own me and I as long as I keep my side of the street clean today it is not my business what other people are doing and that's how I have to live today in order to stay clean in order to do you know what I mean be, be the best person I can be pardon still go to meetings I go to meetings, yes. I go to NA now. Um, I, I stumbled upon NA and for me, it was like going home. Um, it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't. The 12-step 12, 12 programs don't work for everyone. However, for me, NA was like going home. When I uh, relapsed, my sponsor, who was the most amazing human I have ever come across in my life, she was with me through over two years of my sobriety. Um, I relapsed and I told her that I'd relapsed and we ended on really bad terms because I'd been lying to her about for the previous month I'd been lying to her and I'd been lying to her and using heroin and she, as an alcoholic and I don't just differentiate between addicts but she is just an alcoholic she'd never done drugs she couldn't understand so we parted ways on on quite to be honest with you quite upset terms um so then I started going to NA more when I when I I realized that you know what I need addicts. I don't care what you're addicted to, but I need addicts. I don't need alcoholics. I need addicts. Um, it's obviously yeah. pay, paying off well for you. I mean, it's definitely keeping your side of the street clean. You're being. It yeah. sounds like you're doing a lot of self reflecting. Yeah. I definitely am, and I definitely. I mean, I went to a CA meeting as well the other day that was I found that really interesting that's a completely different kettle of fish um it's it's a mixture of addicts meet AA reading yeah it, it's 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 the same because that was the first ever meeting I ever went to where it was yeah. like coming home it was a yeah. CA meeting on a Saturday night and then I got really bought into AA um yeah I had an NA home group I had two AA home groups and a CA yeah. home group yeah. And that was my first 90 days. I was going to four meetings a day. I'm not even yeah. exaggerating. At least three meetings every day at noon yeah. and every day at eight and every day at 11 p.m. I was at a different meeting for the yeah. first 90 days. You know how they say 90, meetings, 90, 90 days. I did 250. Oh. Okay. You know it, what, was, it was like 223. But still, I did a you know shitload what, of meetings. There, you know what I mean? If that... A lot of people are really blown away when they go 90 and 90 and you think, but, but actually I would have rang my dealer every morning. I would have gone it was to the office. so fun. I, I, I went to a nooner every day. So yeah. 
I didn't know um, anybody. I was in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yeah. there's like 500 meetings a week in the county. Yeah. And I was going to like the West Hollywood Recovery Center. Um, yeah. I was hoping, honestly, I started going to meetings at the West Hollywood Recovery Center because I heard it was Demi Lovato's home group. <laughs> <laughs> Go to try. But then she came out with that song, Sober. I'm like, oh, she relapsed. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to see her. And then when she, and then it was so, a real sobering thing was I was at the meeting after she had that relapse. You know how she had that relapse and almost died? Yeah. Um, I was in that meeting that night. Yeah. And they were all in tears because not only did she almost die another yeah. dude that was a year clean did overdose and die like within eight hours of each other yeah um chuck i believe his name was you know how you don't know the last names you know what i mean yeah. um but yeah this dude he relapsed and on his relapse he didn't make it because and that shit kept me clean because i was so yeah. afraid of fentanyl I was addicted yeah. to pills like Xanax yeah. and like Oxy. Those were and you just my... don't know what And then the combination of those two together mixed yeah. with some drinking, you know, yeah. it is not a good combination. And I use cannabis to this day. Yeah. To this day, cannabis is used in my recovery. But I also yeah. went to a rehab in Los Angeles called High, High Sobriety. Where yeah. it taught you how to use cannabis as a medicine and not as a drug to escape yeah. with. So, yeah. and I've always been really open with everybody in my life about my cannabis use and how I use yeah. it, when I use it, why it's used. And that's the thing is, some people, it works for you. Yep. If I sat here right now and had a smoke, I'd be useless. Absolutely. I wouldn't, mind you though, I wouldn't cause trouble. I would be asleep and I'd maybe harass the pizza man beforehand. <laughs> Other than that, he's not going to get any trouble out of me. But I personally can't handle it. Personally, I can't function. Yeah. It's just one of those things. But everybody is different. But it's that it's finding what works for you. It's definitely finding. That's why recovery TikTok is so important, though. Yeah, definitely. Because there's so many different people. And there's always somebody to say, actually, that's OK. Actually, that's. Um, and you see a lot of other people. I've learned so much from so many other pe people. Um, and when I'm struggling, the recovery TikTok holds me. So, don't get me wrong. I call my sponsor. I'm surrounded by uh, all of my friends are recovering addicts because all of my old friends left well, me, if you believe it or not. <laughs> you know what they say. You're the average of the five people you spend time with. Yeah. So if yeah. you're if you're spending time with all people in recovery, you're going to have strong recovery. Yeah. But if you're spending your days like you used to around, we'll call yeah. them nefarious characters. Yeah. But and that's how I relapsed. And that's how I relapsed. I was spending too much time with nefarious characters um, because I do a lot of outreach. I do do a lot of outreach. Um, and I'd let that cup tip bubble over from helping to spending too much time because well, you, you have called to yourself, yourself a teetotaler up. earlier yeah now for people yeah. that don't know what does that mean to you um i don't take any mind-altering substances unless prescribed by a doctor so i do still take antidepressants 
which is I'm mixed with anti-anxieties and I do get prescribed sleeping medication for as and when I need it. Um, well, can, I know I, that, can I ask which one just as somebody who's um, tried them all? Right now I, I'm trying sertraline because the typical, I was on citalopram, um, which really, really helped me. And then I did the marvelous thing of, I thought I was better. So I stopped taking it. And the last month, about, 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 I'm about a month into my new tablet. So that two months ago, I was just suicidal as hell out of nowhere. Seroquel made me like, that way. Seroquel. I was like, oh, maybe I need these tablets. Um, so I'm back on, I'm on sertraline this time round um, because I'm now at an age where I am now starting to think about actually maybe I'm going to have a family one day and I want to see, I want to know what medications in my body for that reason. Um, which so is smart. something I've never, yeah. I've never ever considered before. I'm 30 and I've never even considered having children because I wanted to party. You had other things um, to do. Yeah, I, and I knew I couldn't be a parent. I knew there was no way. I, Chloe couldn't look after Chloe. That was, Chloe that was couldn't look me. after a rock. Do you know what I mean? Chloe was incapable of anything. Yeah. So I, I never even considered it. I had one of those conversations with myself early into my drug addiction. Like, yeah. I I remember, okay, so I was just got into Roxy 30s, the oxycodone 30s, the yeah. little blue tablets. I got into them. And then I was hanging out with a buddy of mine who has never been a drug addict. He just like smokes weed. And yeah. I went over to his apartment and he had just gotten um, his wisdom tea taken out. So they gave him perk fives. And he took one and was like asked out just dead just from the one perk five. Meanwhile, yeah. I have 120 milligrams in me and I'm 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 like, where's the party? Yeah. Um, and I had one of those conversations with myself, like, this might be a problem if five knocks them out and 120 is keeping you going. Yeah. You yeah. might have a problem here. However, you have a job that was that I had a job. Yeah. People don't know it. I'm functioning and yeah. I can afford this lifestyle at, yeah. as long as I don't go to, and my rule was don't do heroin. So instead, yeah. I did four to six thirties a day for a decade. Like that was any better than doing heroin. Yeah. And then I always found that line of don't do. I mean, when I relapsed, don't get me wrong. I was straight on the heroin and the crack. But then I, my argument was, well, I used to be a cokehead and cocaine and crack are the same thing. They're the same thing. They're just, do you know what I mean? It's a slight chemical change and it, it's the same drug. In this country, if you get done, if you got arrested with crack on you, you'd get charged with possession of cocaine because it's crack cocaine so I justified it to myself I thought well it's and then I was using heroin because by this point I thought I know that heroin you can't say oh I can do x amount of heroin and be okay because you might just die you might just you might just die so what I did was I carried Narcan around with me and I thought if I die I die and that's where I got to and that was suddenly that was suddenly I'd had a couple of years of recovery behind me and all of a sudden my mind had just where I wasn't working my recovery where I'd lost sight of what I was doing, my depression and my mental health took over. And I just hit that, like, if I die, I die. That complete zanny feeling of the fuck it button. It's an easy button to hit. It is. It is. And it's so dangerous because I've lost so many friends along the way from just, you think somebody's strong. And that's what I always say to people, check on your strongest friends because when I did relapse, I rang someone that's in my NA home group and said, I was like to him, come and get my key tags off me. I'm 
smoking crack? And he was like, what? You're joking. And nobody believed that I'd relapsed at first because they thought I was strong. And it just goes evidence to show it doesn't matter how strong someone seems, it takes that one. And I'm one of the lucky ones, I've come back. But yeah. not everybody's this lucky. No, yeah. And the the I think just the fact that you know how lucky you are will help you going further. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not gonna be stuck in this like phase of if I am I what if um yeah. and then now you can go to meetings and openly talk because before you were going to AA and you couldn't feel like yeah. you could actually be a true Chloe. You would have to yeah. be there what they want to see you as yeah. and that's not going to work for you the watered down version and I have to be honest and that's why I share so openly online I've had a lot of my family obviously aren't that impressed that I'm online screaming about using drugs but if I save one person neither are mine like <laughs> it's worth it to me it's totally totally the downside totally is completely outweighed by the good side I um I I I I'm not worried about people knowing about my past because I know it can save other people. And that's the important thing for me. Yeah, I think as long as like my parents know that I'm posting, they know that I'm being safe. Yeah. I live I live about three hours from my parents. Yeah. So I think it's, they, they don't like it because I hope that they don't think that they're bad parents because of yeah. what I did. They were amazing yeah. parents. There yeah, were people that I could turn to. Nobody else's. There's nothing I could put my finger on and say that turned me into an addict. It's yeah. nobody's fault. My mum, oh, God bless her, honestly, she is the loveliest woman in the world, and she always gave me everything I needed. I was never needed anything, you know. My dad's a different kettle of fish, but my mum, nothing. Do you know what I mean? And yet, I still turn out like I did. I don't know. I think you came out pretty nice on the other end, Chloe. You're talking about yeah. your story. You're being open, you're being honest, you know, you're doing all the right things. And yeah. it I think the most important thing is you're not lying to yourself anymore. Cause that that will take you down a path of the yeah, fuck that, it's that, real that, fast. The what ifs. So I used to um go to meetings with somebody that said, Don't be a yet collector. And I loved that. It's the what ifs and the yets that get me. Oh, well, I haven't done that yet. I haven't done that yet. And that's what got me. I was collecting those yets. I hadn't done those things yet. So I did them. And I'm yeah. lucky. But you're I you're really I lucky, especially like around here. Fentanyl is so bad. I'm not sure if fentanyl really reached you it's guys starting yet. To come over here now it's starting to get over here. It's nowhere near you guys. Like, do you know what I mean? You've got an epidemic. You've got an absolute. Oh, it, it killed absolute. eighty thousand people out of a. There was in March beginning of COVID, right? For that whole year, yeah. April to April. Um, there was 103,000 overdoses and 80, 79 of that 103 were from fentanyl. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's just. People, people used think... to die from heroin, but not, they weren't dying not in these kind yeah. of numbers. Yeah. And as well, it, it's, I think it really brings home that it just could be anyone. It could be your mum, your sister, your uncle, your someone you knew from. Do you know what I mean? It's not like. They could be I celebrities. There's been really... a lot of celebrities that get yeah. cocaine and they get the cocaine laced fentanyl yeah. and they die. Yeah. And it is that sort of. I, I had this view when I was younger that addicts are these people that are homeless on park benches, that are dirty, that are. 
and don't get me wrong I went for a stage of all of those but it's very much it could be anyone and from people in recovery talking out about it and sharing about it gives it a chance for somebody to go actually I've experienced this or I'm thinking yeah. about this or you don't know the impact your words have um, and that's the beautiful beautiful thing about about the platform that I've got about the platforms yeah. that are given to us and that that's and it's funny because like my the podcast name is I'm JD and yeah. the, the podcast is MJ's Progress Not Perfection because M is my wife. Yeah. Mike her name is Mikey and JD for MJ's. We had a nonprofit for a while yeah. where we it was a meeting center for addiction and mental health. And yeah. we would host meetings there for LGBTQ, for yeah. AA type of meetings, NA type of meetings. But we couldn't get enough local support and we had to shut it down eventually. But I wasn't going to change the podcast name because I've already yeah. had a bunch of like, I, I was at like 109 episodes when we had yeah. to shut down. And that's when I took a break from mental health, from everything, yeah. from posting. And I got into therapy again. And we worked on ourselves and we're honest yeah. about it. Like, hey, I went away for five months. But, you know, get used to me posting again. And yeah. it is what it is. So um, and then I'm glad because I wouldn't have stumbled across your page. And here we are. And your story. Is this your yeah. first time telling your story like this? Um, I've done. I've, I've shared in meetings. I've shared meetings yeah. um, and I've done online. Um, it was like a video. I don't know what it was called. It was a podcast, but it's, I don't know what it was. It was that was a long time ago, though. Oh, okay, so a lot's been updated then. So a lot changed since then, yeah. I got it. I, I'll let you know when the episode's up. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for like taking the time, being so honest, and Thank you know you talking about it. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure for sure. I'll talk to you soon, Chloe. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.